Hey Flingers, it's showtime. Just wanted to thank you for listening to today's episode of Future of the Fairway, which is brought to you by the American Classic Golf Club, the home of the first World League Fling Golf Tournament. The American Classic is a nine-hole family-owned golf course located in the Lewis Rehoboth Beach areas of Southern Delaware. So if you're ever on vacation or ever in the area for whatever reason, we would love for you to swing on by and give our track a try. And hey, you never know who you might run into. But anyways, we hope to see you around. And don't forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. I agree. I was athletic and this is definitely the hardest sport I've ever played. And it seems like the more I play it, the worse I get. Because you, <laughs> you know, you, you think you figure something out and then it breaks three other things in your game. So yeah, I yeah. find that after not playing for an extended period of time, a few weeks or something, is when I typically play the best. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do a new 12 new designs and I'm going to do 12 of each mm-hmm. um, just to try to get a bunch of like prints out there so that if someone sees something, they, they buy it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are listening to this. Uh, this is the Fair, Future of the Fairway podcast with Adam Copeland. I am very glad that you are tuning in again uh, for today's episode. And we've got a great one once again. Nick Bender, uh, founder of Grunt Dolfer, joins me today uh, to talk through what it's like uh, creating a company and uh, doing so while keeping a day job. Uh, we talk about some of the cool things that Grunt has been able to do, including a couple of their fling golf uh, sponsorees. Uh, the Mountaineer, Zach Mulvey, and Big Cat, uh, Mike Edwards. Uh, so anyway, really fun episode. Uh, it was fantastic talking with Nick um, and finding out more about him, finding out uh, the origin story of Grung Dolfer, uh, how that came to him and what he decided to do with it. Um, and, and really for me, one of the biggest learnings was how young of a company they are having just started in uh, 2021. So uh, anyway, uh, this is a really fun uh, episode. I think it gives a little bit of uh, a little bit more insight into uh, some similar things that we in the fling golf community are trying to do, which is how do we get up, get this sport up and going? Um, I think there's some parallels and some similarities uh, to what Nick has been doing with uh, his company and how they're getting that up and how they're uh, getting noticed, uh, getting attraction, getting people to buy in uh, to what they're doing. Um, like I told Nick on the podcast, I think that the Grunt Dolfer logo is one of the coolest um, and most to the point, um, and, and really, really a great visual uh, for that. So check that on the episode art. Um, check out grantnolford.com. Uh, go and follow uh, Zach and Big Cat uh, to get their discount codes, uh, particularly for, uh, for any grunt gear that you want. And, um, and yeah, uh, sit back and enjoy today's episode. Nick Bender, it is good to have you on the Future of the Fairway podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Nick, are you uh, founder, creator of uh, Grunt Golfer? Yep, it all came right out of my dumb brain. 
<laughs> That's really cool. Uh, for uh, for the Flingoff family, uh, I know that many of you would have seen uh, Zach Mulvey uh, in particular sporting some of uh, Grunk's uh, great gear, uh, Big Cat as well. Um, big shout out to Zach for uh, connecting me and Nick. I'm excited to uh, to get to talk to Nick. Nick, uh, you are, you're based in California, is that right? Yeah, we're about an hour outside of San Diego. Okay. To describe it, yeah. Okay, so uh, north, north from San County, Diego, basically. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, right. hour is outside it... the other way, I'd be in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm. I'm basically born and born and raised in Southern California. Um, so that's that's you know within. I grew up within an hour of where I'm at now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, what uh, what is your connection to golf? Like, what uh, what made you uh, go out and uh, start a, a golf affiliated company. Yeah, I, I wish there was something more poetic uh, between me and golf, but uh, you know, I think like most people, my relationship with golf is love hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I'm I'm not a terribly great golfer. I didn't even start really golfing until I was in my early twenties. And, um, you know, I golfed a lot for work. I'm an insurance broker by trade. So that's kind okay. of where I ended up being able to have a, a consistent, uh, you know, consistent play, you know, a couple of mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. you know, few once a month would be, I'd be lucky. And then it bumped up to a couple of times a month. And, and so, yeah, so that's really, unfortunately, that's my relationship to golf. <laughs> is, uh, I had a buddy who was a really good golfer. And uh, when he was back visiting from college at one point in our early 20s, he got me into it. And, and I'd say I was hooked. I was never as obsessed as I am now, that's for sure. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just kind of it was like a slow burn. It just grew over time to the point where I was, you know, really into it. Cool. Did you um, did you jump into like taking lessons or was kind of was your buddy your uh, your guide uh, for for showing you the way? No, I, I would really, he was too competitive to even teach me. So, <laughs> um, so shout out to him. Uh, no, no lessons for me. Just, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a good golfer. So it's funny in the, in the world of where I'm at now with Gronk, I run into a ton of good golfers and mm-hmm. I'm a member mm-hmm. at a club, uh, out here locally that has a ton of good golfers. So, you know, I'd say it's on the radar. It's something I want to get better at. Um, but right mm-hmm. now I'm just kind of really head down, focused on building the brand. So not a whole lot of time to squeeze lessons in. I'm sure yeah. I could, if I really wanted to, but <laughs> I just don't, I just not yet. Not right now. I'm okay. Sucking. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that was very much, uh, my golf story as well. I, I played in high school a little bit, not competitively, but like my brother is a couple years younger than me and he had some friends who lived near a course or you know, there was a, a par three that, um, a nine hole par three that was cheap. <laughs> I grew up in Alabama. So, um, you know, we would get out there and, you know, you know, we were all trying to emulate Tiger Woods, uh, at the time I was growing up. So, um, that and happy Gilmore, uh, were kind of the oh, yeah. middle, uh, touchstones for, <laughs> for golf. Uh, but it was always, you know, more frustrating. Um, as far as the game went, it was always fun to be on a course, uh, but like actually trying to complete the mission of getting a ball to the hole was um, much different than when I played soccer or basketball. I agree. I was athletic and this is definitely the hardest sport I've ever played. And it seems like the more I play it, the worse I get. Because you, <laughs> you know, 
you think you figure something out and then it breaks three other things in your game. So yeah, I yeah. find that after not playing for an extended period of time, a few weeks or something is when I typically play the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let muscle memory take over. What, uh, what yeah, else did you exactly. play? I, uh, well, kind of obscure. I, I played tennis. Um, and then I was actually a pole vaulter. Oh, sweet. My brother yeah, so was a pole I, vaulter I, in high school too. Yeah, I was, I was pretty, um, I was okay at that, mm-hmm. um, and I blew. I tore three uh, tendons in my shoulder on my <sighs> junior year doing that. So I kind of retired myself from that mm-hmm. and just took uh, took on tennis more full time, and then that got me through uh, certain parts. I, I got in, uh, made the college team in tennis, and mm-hmm. then kind of gave that up about a year later. And then that's okay. kind of right around the time I got into golf. I would play tennis and golf simultaneously, but the problem with tennis is you have to have someone to play with you, you know, that's right, of your right. caliber. And so when those people kind of dwindled out uh, and life happened, you know, I, I mm-hmm. kind of lean more into golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, my brother was uh, incredibly athletic, uh, did not care if anything got hurt, if he hurt himself uh, or others, he had this attitude of like, the more dangerous, the more exciting, the the more fun it's going to be. And he picked up pole vaulting just because our, our high school track coach was like, hey, we need we need to see if somebody will get some points because there might be two other people at state. So you can definitely finish third. Uh, right. How about for you? Was that was that was the 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 danger yeah. element uh, part of it? It, uh, it was literally my my Vietnamese uh, physics teacher in my freshman year of high school saying, oh, you look like a skateboarder, which is obviously profiling me, which okay, he was right. I, I like skateboarding. He said, that's crazy. You should come out for the pole vault team. My school, my school was brand new at the time. I was the third class oh, okay. to graduate. So they were just starting. I was the first, me and a good, someone who's still a really good friend of mine were the first two pole vaulters at our school. So um, it was all very like wild, wild west. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, the, the budgets were always weird. Like we didn't really even have the equipment right away. And mm-hmm. so, but yeah, that's, that's how I got into that. Um, was the teacher basically profiling me as a skateboarder thinking that I was crazy that, and who, who else would do pole vaulting? It's a right. stupid sport. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that, I got into that. But talk about niche, but also really, really challenging. I mean, there is definitely technique and form to be good at that. Oh, it's not, oh, it's yeah, not, no, it's, it's going wild with a pole in your hand and hoping it goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it's, was, it's, was very, that a, it's actually very technical. Yeah. Was that an easy uh, learning curve for you? Um, there was a couple like, you know, at that age, uh, giving, giving a damn about it was the first hurdle. And yeah. then, you know, um, there was a couple plateaus, but yeah, th- th- that's one of those sports where probably a lot, a little bit like golf is once you figure something out about it, it takes you to another level and then you mm-hmm. hit plateaus. So it's, it's similar to that. Yeah. And where did you uh, play tennis in college for a bit? Uh, it was just, I called it 13th grade. It was just a, a spot called Mount San Antonio college. It was a junior college. And okay. I lasted, I lasted there about a year before I just said college isn't for me. <laughs> cool. Playing golf. Uh, what um, you said you got into insurance. That's what got you uh, into the golf course. Uh regularly uh where did where did the idea for a grunk come about uh 
you know, I was actually on a work trip with, with my, with my golf buddies. Um, and, and the name came to me after, after, you know, a, a pretty long round of drinking and golfing. Uh-huh. And I was just kind of, you know, in a, in a bit of a buzzed state and the name popped in my head, Grunk Dolphin. And I thought, that's funny. Um, and then, and then I really didn't do anything right away with it. And then I just, it just, it was one of those things that was in the back of my head the name. And then one day I was sitting on my couch and I thought, what would it, what would a logo for the name Grunk Dolfer look like? And ironically, the logo that's on this hat right mm-hmm. here is the first, the first rendition I came up with. Um, really? there, there was, yeah, there was a couple others that we tried, you know, but this was it. So basically within a month I had a name and a logo and then I thought, what would, what would this be? And I was always a fan of the, you know, the bad birdies of the world. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I thought, you know what, I ought to try to make this a polo company at no, no manufacturing experience, no supply chain experience. <laughs> I, I, I insure hotels for a living. I still do. So just no, nothing to do with anything related to, but it was, you know, it was, that's how it started. And then it's just been a whirlwind for 18 19 months ever since. Oh wow. Okay. I don't I don't think I realized how how young you guys were. That's um that's pretty cool. And yeah, the, I, the, the 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 story like the name idea was literally mm-hmm. June of 2021. That was like the name to where we're at now is how long it's been. So coming that's up awesome. on 2 years since the idea. Yeah. Sweet. Well, congrats on that. And and congrats on that logo. I um I was with um Zach and Big Cat this past weekend in West Virginia. And, uh, I was just, I kept, my eye kept going to, uh, Zach's hat with the logo on it. It's, it, I mean, it's classic, right? It's got, it's got a, it feels like it's been around for a much longer than less than two years. I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things where once it, once it happened, it was, you know, I, I brought my friend Brad on board as, as the first, you know, the co-founder with me mm-hmm. and that, that was what sold him on it. When I, come up with this stupid idea to him that, Hey, I want to make a company and here's the name and here's the logo. He, he was ready to go. That's cool. So what, uh, I'd love to hear what that's like. Um, you, you've got a logo, you come up with a company. What are your, what are your next steps? And, um, are you self-funding this? Uh, did you go out to try to raise money? No, no, I didn't raise money. Um, yeah, I guess so. After that, it was like, okay, well, how much? How much? Oh, sorry about that. How much money are we going to need to start this thing? Um, what you know? And we we got into the, there's a longer version of this story. Uh, maybe we should have over beers one day. But it, basically, we were going to hire this marketing company to help kind of launch mm-hmm. us, help build the website and all that. And mm-hmm. so we had allocated, you know, a budget, uh, a small amount of money relative mm-hmm. to what others are doing. And, um, and so after that happened and the marketing company didn't really live up to the, to the work that Mm -hmm. they said they were going to do. So after about three months, we had like a partially built website, uh, a terribly manufactured polo and not a whole lot to show for it. Other than that, that marketing company had basically sucked all of our original capital out of Mm -hmm. the business. Uh, so, and that's on me. Like I shouldn't have, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have hired somebody that early on. I should have just bootstrapped it more and I would have mm-hmm. had a lot, a lot more to kind of get the rocket ship off the ground, but it was a good lesson. And so mm-hmm. after that, um, we have not really put other than 
the occasional personal loan from ourselves here and there. Mm-hmm. We haven't put mo- more money on it. We just decided we're going to bootstrap it. And that's kind of where, where we've been doing that ever since. That's cool. That's cool. Um, where, uh, how did you, did you talk to some other folks that were in um, apparel business to find out about manufacturing, about supply chain, a couple of things you mentioned earlier, or was that just kind of like, I'll, I'll just go, I'll just go searching and see what comes up. Yeah. I, so the original manufacturing was in Pakistan and mm-hmm. I found them through, through Fiverr. Actually, my original, um, when I mocked up a polo, literally thinking I was just hiring a guy on Fiverr to mock it up, mock up a mm-hmm. digital version of a polo, um, to show Brad, to kind of have a proof of concept. Um, he said, Hey, by the way, I manufacture polos so I can manufacture these. And, and that's how we started. We, we utilized him. He made a few samples and then we made, we started making, you know, we made a, uh, an initial polo we called the charter member and um, we made like 150 of them and, and he made those. And so the quality was a lot of people liked the quality. It wasn't <laughs> like the quality that they're at now. Um, and so we just tried to, you know, from that point on, just try to get better and better and better moved our manufacturing to a different, you know, to, to China and, mm-hmm. uh, so, and now even South Korea. And, um, and so we've just been trying to get 1% better every time is the goal. That's cool. That's cool. And um, I'm sure that, uh, let's see, I, um, I finished up my grad work and at the end of 2008, so middle of a recession, not a great time to go job hunting, uh, 2021, uh, not a great time for supply chains. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I you. I think it's it's probably similar to you getting out of grad school and starting from zero. It's like mm-hmm. uh luckily we didn't have anything to lose back in 2008, right? So, yeah. uh kind of similar to this. It's like I didn't I didn't know any better than having mm-hmm. supply chain issues. So, we've always flown stuff in. Um I've never put anything on a boat. Um so we've always just kind of paid the bit in the bullet and paid the extra mm-hmm. money to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, to get it, uh, to get it here. So mm-hmm. I, I haven't really, you know, other than the occasional delay, we haven't really had that many issues that I know of. I mean, maybe I'm just, my timelines are, I'm just used to it because it's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, how was, uh, you, you said you had put some money with the marketing firm, didn't get the return that you wanted from them. Did, um, did you just bootstrap that? Uh, did y'all go through advertising, uh, mostly through social media? Um, were you, uh, how were you making an impact and getting, sa- getting sales? Uh, yeah, Facebook and Instagram ads were, were mm-hmm. where we kind of cut our teeth. Um, and again, uh, that was, you know, we've, we've taken classes and things like that. And, uh, it's, it's really just a lot of trial and error with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still learn every day. We haven't, we haven't by any means figured it out. Um, but yeah, so the marketing company was supposed to be doing that and they did a terrible job of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most do that don't really like know your brand or, or care. Um, and so, yeah, so we just, it was one of those things where it's like, all right, we got to figure this out at the time, you know, back to the, you know, having 150 polos and no sales. Um, it was like, okay, well we got to figure out how to sell these. And then, you know, shortly after that, we started getting into golf shops too, which was you know mm-hmm. another big driving force of growth for us. And, uh, and so now we, 
kind of created these two different avenues, revenue streams, which was the e-commerce side and, and the, you know, the green grass side, as they call it, getting into golf shops. And we've just been kind of plugging away at those two ever since. Now we have a couple guys that work with us that are getting mm-hmm. into other golf shops throughout the country. Um, and, you know, th- that's, I'm more excited about that growth because that's like the real market validation getting into, you know, brick and mortar golf courses that right. say, hey, you know, we're in golf and we appreciate your brand. And that that's mm-hmm. cool because, you know, obviously we are a little bit irreverent and, but we want to be accepted into that community too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. What, uh, when did, uh, when did you, what was the second line after the polos that you did? Uh, did you jump into hats from there? Yeah, it was hats. I mean, so we did that first polo and then, um, and then, it, you know, it was like, Oh, I did this one blue polo. And I was like, well, if someone doesn't like blue, they're already out. And then I didn't <laughs> do the right size breakdown so that I had a bunch of medium left over and all this. And I, so I said, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to make like the cool thing about working in Pakistan is they don't really have minimums. So, okay, nice. uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do a new 12 new designs and I'm going to do 12 of each. Mm-hmm. Um, just to try to get a bunch of like prints out there so that if someone sees something, they, they buy it. And, and that, that worked, uh, uh, we sold out of that one pretty quickly, just organically through mm-hmm. word of mouth in the end of 2021, early 22. And then when we, in early 22 is when we started getting into more golf, in, into golf shops, we got into our first one and then just started growing it from there. And so then I bought, was buying 24 of a print at a time and, and then, um, you know, and then it eventually led into 50. And so right around the time I started buying 24, about March of 2022, I implemented the hats, which are, mm-hmm. you know, this is like our staple hat. If you're just listening, it's like a, a basic rope hat with a mesh back and, uh, our logo and a rubberized kind of patch on it. And, um, and that's, that was the next evolution, uh, was the hats. And now mm-hmm. we're coming out with a whole line of what I'm calling meme hats. Those will be dropping. We have one on our site now and it did so well that I just decided to kind of like creatively go wild. And, and I have a, whole, a line <laughs> of like six, six different meme hats coming out here in the next uh, 30 to 45 days. Cool. Very cool. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. This episode of Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Yada Golf. Yada Golf and Fling Golf are a perfect pair. Both value inclusion, encouragement, passion, and being your whole self. Yada Golf has the best line of men's and women's golf shirts you'll find out there. I love the feel and texture of my polos, as well as their eye-catching designs. I'm currently rotating through Vintage King, Light Wave, and Fresh Flavors. And my favorite is whichever one I'm wearing that day. They've got premium polos for those who want to stand out on the golf course, and premium polos for those who want to keep a lower profile. Yada Golf. Master the shirt game, conquer the short game. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. Um, you've also uh, done some pretty cool stuff. Um, I was looking, I, I don't do a lot of research uh, heading into these uh, conversations, but I did see that. Um, Y'all are sold out of your most recent uh, golf tournament. Um, yeah, the golf tournament is sold out. Um, we started that uh, in August of last year. So we've only been doing it for, what is that, six months? Mm-hmm. We did the first one kind of on a whim. 
we uh, we bought like 80 spots at a golf at one of our local golf courses that we have a good relationship with shotgun mm-hmm. 13 holes and um, it gave a hat and a polo away, gave a bunch of beer away. And uh, that was kind of our like maiden voyage into it. And we, mm-hmm. we liked it. It's a lot of work, but it, it, as far yeah. as like brand awareness, it doesn't really get much, much better than that. So, um, so we go, okay, well, we want to do these every six months. And rather than wait until all that hype died down, we kind of just wanted to piggyback right off of that. So we did one in December of the same year. So okay. within three months of the first one, which was crazy. And we rented out the whole course. So, so we rented the whole course out for the day, which, you know, is scary. Cause you signed, oh, that, man. you signed that contract to buy out a course, which costs more than my wedding. And, and, uh, and you just kind of hope people will sign up mm-hmm. and that one worked out great. We did a big time, uh, you know, we called it the bad Santa, um, you know, so we did, and we got Corona premiere as the title sponsor. Um, nice. we got a bunch of other sponsors and then we sold that one out in about a month. We had 188 golfers at that one. So wow. it's quite, quite the show because obviously, you know, if you only have 18 holes, that's a lot of golfers, <laughs> uh, but we, we, we like to consider ourselves a drinking tournament with golfing involved rather than a golf tournament. <laughs> so, you know, golf is not the primary objective there. Uh-huh. Uh, when you get to your cart uh, at the at the place we are at, the, there's a nice chest on both sides of the cart instead of just one side, and it's full of beer. Each one has six beers in it per player to start the day. So that's just to get your day started. That's right. Um, and then you know there's more throughout the day that as we drive around and pass them out. So yeah, that's so that awesome. was the second one, mm-hmm. and then it was like okay, now I want to do them in May and December, and so the next one coming is coming up in May. It is sold out again. It's Drinko de Mayo is what we're calling it. Brilliant name, um, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it was going to be Cinco de Drinko, but we ended up deciding on May 12th. So Drinko yeah. de Mayo is what I kind of came up with. <laughs> um, and that one's obviously going to be way more uh, themed in that direction, you mm-hmm. know, tacos mm-hmm. and tequila and all that. And Corona's on board again. Um, I actually just secured... Uh, Prime Hydration as our hydration beverage, which nice. is a, a new company, but it's been blowing up because it's a, it's owned by a couple of social media influencers. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, you know, we're just trying to, that's a whole nother kind of third revenue stream arm that we're trying to lean mm-hmm. into just based on the popularity of it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's a lot of work though. That side's a lot of work. Oh, oh, absolutely. Are y'all, is it the same course that you're, you're working with um, for, for May as it was in December? Yeah. So the first three, August, okay. December, and now um, it's been, it's been Oak Quarry, which is the first, first guy to give us a shot and put our polos in there. And now about half of his shop is Grunk Dolfer. Uh, so we've done really well in there and he's been a, a wealth of knowledge for us. And so, we, yeah, we, we want to continue to run at least one there a year. Mm-hmm. As it expands, uh, we're in talks with a, a, a really big resort out here that we're mm-hmm. going to do a, a rent out basically both 18-hole courses. They have two 18s. Oh, so wow. we're going to rent out both 18-hole courses, sell out 288 golfers. So it'll be 144 per side um, so that it flows a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it you know, we're just trying to elevate it. So, and that one will be, you know, come stay overnight. We're going to do like a glow ball event the night prior. 
and it's just going to be a whole thing. So we don't really know how to do things on a small level here. So we're just, I don't know what's, what's going to be next, like a, like a tournament on the moon or something, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's the next thing. Uh, any, uh, what was a couple of stories that, um, uh, that happened with it. So you had 188 in December, uh, lots of people drinking, lots of people trying to play golf. Uh, any accidents, any memorable, memorable moments? Uh, no accidents that I would put into a video podcast, certainly that I would admit to on tape. Uh, no, actually everyone, everyone's pretty, pretty well behaved. Um, I mean, it, it gets rowdy out there, but it's all, it's all in good fun. Um, you know, we had the, uh, we had the typical, uh, person coming in at a very, very low score that didn't make a whole lot of sense that got booed out of, out of. ironically and ironically it was a group of older gentlemen they were nice enough i i don't know how but allegedly they shot a 46 which wow in a four-man scramble is pretty ridiculous but whatever (laughs) um you know i'm not i i'm not i'm not a you know i i don't know and then and it was funny because after right after we announced who won and they come up and got there we gave away like a custom flask from a guy mm-hmm. named Stogies and Bogies, which was really cool. He made for us, but they, he, he won a ma- major raffle prize, like right after he had <laughs> announced them. As the too. So he won like a 55 inch flat screen TV right after he, <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. But we're, uh, yeah, we have a, we have a fun little trick that we're going to use to avoid, uh, mm-hmm. avoid that in our next tournament. We're going to do something called a horse race. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Do tell. So, so basically a buddy of mine just told me about it. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, this has to be implemented. So yeah, you finish your round of golf and you get all the scores in after a long day. And instead of just, Oh, here's the first, second, third place, you take the top five teams mm-hmm. and then you go back to the last three holes. So 16, 17, 18, for example, mm-hmm. and you play in an elimina- elimination round holes oh okay so, yeah so on 16 two teams are eliminated on 17 one team's eliminated mm-hmm. and then 18 comes down to the last two teams and whoever wins it wins it and everybody so you'll have 188 plus dudes that'll yeah. be all walking out there to you know heckle and talk and you know <laughs> all of that with their drinks and now they're just enjoying the show uh for the end of the tournament so we're That's excited cool. to implement that That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. How do, um, I'm curious on ties. How do you handle that? Uh, I'm sure we'll do like a, a least amount of, I don't know. That's, that's above my pay grade, but probably something like <laughs> least, least amount of bogeys or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or we'll start on the first hole and whoever had the better score on the first mm-hmm. or then the second or then the third, something like that. We'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah. I'll that's let, cool. I'll leave that to the tournament guy. <laughs> Um, what, uh, what are you hoping for in the next uh, year or two, um, with Grunk? Um, it's just kind of more of the same, to be honest, just kind of like continuing to grow, uh, go, go slow to go fast is kind of our model. Um, you know, we, we don't have a bunch of money, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. investment or anything like that. And we don't want that. Like I want to, I want to grow the business to a point where it's sustainable, um, you know, for, 
for the long haul without that. So that if that comes in in three to five years from now, it just adds fuel to the fire that we have going. Um, so I think the ultimate goal, like by the end of this year, we want to double the amount of, amount of golf shops we're in. We're in about 25 right now. So <laughs> we want to be in 50 or 60 by the end of the year. Um, and then we want to continue the online growth and expansion of just the brand itself and, you know, our brand becoming synonymous with, you know, drinking while you golf, which 90% of golfers can relate to or mm-hmm. more probably. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't have the right. numbers on that, but <laughs> you can commission a study to uh, confirm your, uh, <laughs> yeah, confirm your stats. Like that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, the golf shops that you ran, are those mostly uh, California or are you uh, elsewhere as well? We actually have uh, primarily California, like more than half of them, but we mm-hmm. have a few in uh, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, and Florida, and I think uh, Nebraska, actually. we What happened was we got connected with one of the local courses here uh, in uh, it's in Corona, California. It's called <laughs> Dos Lagos. They're ran by a company called Touchstone Golf. Okay. And so they're a management company that manage, you know, maybe a hundred or so golf courses across the country. <laughs> and we got connected with their VP of ops and he was kind of a wealth of knowledge for us. And he gave us access to a Excel spreadsheet of his, uh, GMs and their phone numbers. And he said, Hey, call them and give them a shot, you know? And so I just started calling everybody until yeah. I got into so many that I couldn't afford to get into more. Um, hmm. and so that's, that's how that, that's how that went. Um, that's cool. and that's why we're in, you know, a few in Texas here and there. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, uh, you mentioned that you're still, uh, you still have a day job. Uh, what's your, uh, I'm curious on your, uh, your time split, uh, how you're able to, to do that. It's, it's pretty tough. I mean, obviously um, it, this is now a full-time job too. So yeah, uh, because yeah. I do all the shipping and handling out of my garage now. <clears throat> so um, I, I refuse to give that up just because uh, it just sucks all the, you know, it's it just sucks all the, all the, uh, you know, profits out of you to go yeah. to like a 3PL or, or whoever, a warehouse. So yeah, I get up at like six or seven and, and I'll get, a, I'll get my shipping done for the day. I typically ship two to three times a week right now. So, okay. you know, we're definitely not Amazon prime, but we're not, it's not going <laughs> to take, you know, some of the smaller brands, you, you might not get a shipment for a week or so. Right. We're, we're, we're pretty much ahead of that. Um, and then, you know, nine o'clock rolls around. I start getting emails and stuff from, from the day job and <laughs> handling that as it comes. And, and honestly, because of what I do work and work, being able to work from home, I just kind of balance both throughout the day as it, as, as stuff comes. Um, obviously the one that keeps the lights on has to take priority most of the time. Um, but then, you know, and and there's nothing like pressing with grunk that can't ever really wait for Mm -hmm. us. So, um, you know, just scheduling that out ahead of time is usually pretty helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a laid backness to, um, drinking on a golf course that, uh, I would say goes well with your brand that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that could well, be iron- a, a ironically, ironically, that's kind of the hardest part of the business now is content, right? Like mm-hmm. getting, mm-hmm. getting content to run ads to, or when you have a new polo that comes out, having to go out and shoot for that polo. Uh, and then the logistics behind just launching one polo is probably 10 to 12 hours of work between, you know, wow. the, uh, the logistics side, the editing side, going out and shooting and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's the fun side, but it's probably the most time consuming part. Yeah. Yeah. You got a stable of models or are you, uh, do you find yourself, uh, back in, uh, in the, in most of the videos yourself? Yeah, it's mostly me and Brad and then our friends that are now, you know, just kind of part of the Grunk Dolfer team that, mm -hmm. you know, get are, are there for just a good time, some free beer and some free polos. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when did y'all set up the affiliate program? Um, oh, probably pretty early on. It's not something we've pushed a whole lot, but mm -hmm. yeah, we, we have a, a, I think we're pretty aggressive on what we offer. We do like a, you know, they get, uh, d depending on where they're at. I mean, but if we pretty much offer it to anybody, it's like, um, if you sign up as an affiliate, um, you get a 40% off code pretty much right away to get 40% mm -hmm. off of our, whatever you want. And then, um, you know, we just ask that you typically, we ask you do an unboxing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, then they're given a link and a code that can be given out to other people for discounts. And we track that. And then we, uh, typically either pay a percentage of the revenue to that person or they get, you know, discount further discounts on, on other mm -hmm. items they might want depending on mm -hmm. where they fall on that. So yeah, we've had that for quite a while. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. We, um, I know for the, for the fling offers, uh, so Zach finished, uh, in the top five in the San Diego tournament, uh, this past mm -hmm. uh, February, um, he and, uh, big cat won the, uh, I'm pointing for people not seeing the Virginia Fling Golf Open, the inaugural team tournament event that we did. Um, so, you know, that's um, probably the uh, the top familiarity of folks um, listening, at least playing Fling Golf for that. And it's, it's definitely um, uh, got a nice uh, flag planted uh, in the community because uh, I think it, it lines up really well with um, the perspective of people finding Fling Golf for, you know, most of the time those that – aren't being very successful with clubs, uh, but enjoy yeah, the experience being yeah, out that's, there. That's why I really like the fling golf community. And yeah, we haven't even touched on that, but like um, I've never personally played yet, but um, I see that the brands being really synonymous with each other because it's fling golf is like the next evolution of becoming a grunk golfer where it's like, I care more about the time I'm spending here. I'm not caring about carrying around 30 clubs and, and uh, which one's going to go how much distance. And I just want to get out there and fling it down the yeah. course and have some beers with my buddies. And from what I've learned about the community, that's pretty much the ethos right there. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been cool to see the evolution of that. I remember, I actually remember seeing that on Shark Tank before I ever oh, cool. broke golfer was even a thought. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I've, I've been following it ever since loosely, obviously, but then mm -hmm. getting big cat and Zach involved in grunk, it's kept me more engaged and mm -hmm. it just seems like a really great community to be honest. It's a, you know, it's uh, it's growing, it's expanding. And I wish I could, I was actually in Utah when they had the San Diego mm -hmm. tournament mm -hmm. at Torrey Pines down here. So I was bummed. I missed it, but uh, I'm excited to be more involved in that community and, and actually give fling golf a try to be honest. <laughs> oh man, I think uh, I think you would really uh, really enjoy it. I um my I've got a uh, my wife and uh, my two kids. They were uh, six and nine at the time. We found it like three or four weeks before the Shark Tank episode aired. Uh, at um, okay. there was a, a place nearby here who um, rented the sticks, and so it was twenty twenty one. We were trying to do something other than going hiking uh, in a park. 
<laughs> and saw that and uh, and really, really took to it. And um, it, it was nice for the four of us to be able to do. I'm being honest now, it's something that I probably do a lot more by myself or going out just because I've gotten, gotten I've just had so much fun with it and I'm trying to keep up with guys like Big Cat and Zach. Uh, but it, it's definitely a, a lot of fun and takes um, takes a lot of frustration of playing golf out and makes it something attainable uh, because it's so accessible. Yeah. So, yeah if, if, does it, does it play by the same rules as far as if you're out on a, a, an 18 hole golf course, mm-hmm. is a par four still a par four and you're expected yep. to be able to, and then, and then from there, it's just all touch. So you fling it as far as you can for the drive and then you work your way in based on right. touch and feel from there mm-hmm. on in. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So you, you know, you've got, you know, different ways to do the, you know, the short range shots, the chip shots. Um, there's different, different ways to play on the green, whether putting with the fling stick or, uh, or scooping it uh, as a sidecar. There's a couple of different uh, things that are out there for it, but, but yeah, basically it's, it's playing golf with one stick instead of a, a whole set of clubs. And uh, you don't have to worry about your lie. You don't have to worry about creating divots. Uh, you don't have to, or about tearing up the course because you know you're most of the time just tossing it, uh, picking it up from where it, right. from where it lands, um, right? And and you go faster uh, now for folks that want to get out there on a, a Saturday or Sunday um, and you know enjoy their time, uh, drink as many beers as possible. Speed isn't necessarily at the top of the the game. Well, but, uh, and I mean, if if you're integrating with other golf, you know, with the, the you know 99 of who's on that golf <laughs> mm-hmm. course you're going to have to go by the pace of play of whoever's in front of you anyway, I'd imagine, yeah. unless you just yeah. whip and pass people. But Well, the nice thing is that um, you're not going to be somebody slowing others down, which is often, I think, the fear right. of a new golf. Uh, you know, you get in front of uh, some guys who, who know how to play, and I, if, I, if I had a set of clubs, you and I were out there playing, um, it, would, it would be a nightmare. I would feel bad about the people playing behind us because I would be – in the woods, <laughs> all over the place. Right. Uh, with a fling stick, I don't have to worry about that. Um, there are times to, to speed ahead, but yeah, your pace of play, um, you know, from a, especially from a course owner's perspective, um, fling golfers are not going to be uh, the ones slowing you down. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and you know, one fling stick means um, you can fill that bag with something other than clubs if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Abide by um, local course rules. Uh, I know that um, the ABC regulations are um, different, so we'll um, make sure you follow your course uh, course rules for the, everybody listening. <laughs> uh, you know what the coach on the water boy said, right? What mama don't know won't hurt her. All right. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um. Well, cool. Uh, Nick, this has been fun. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on and chat um, and uh, and find out more about Grunk. Uh, congrats on your success so far. Uh, uh, this is really cool and, and best wishes going forward too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, taking the time to hear our uh, our little story. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to integrating more with fling golf in general and uh, and whatever else the future holds. I'm sure it'll it'll have a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, really cool. Again, uh, many thanks to Nick Bender from Grunt Dolfer for joining me. I really appreciate the conversation uh, and getting to find out more about Grunk. Uh, going over Grunk 
gruntdolfer.com. Uh, check out their stuff. They've got some great gear. Uh, he also mentioned they've got some new things coming out. So watch that space in the next 30, 45 days. Uh, and also uh, be sure to follow Zach and Mike, um, Big Cat the, the Mountaineer, uh, for any uh, discount codes in particular uh, for their gear. Um, as we close up too, or as we finish up, um, please also uh, check out flingoff.com uh, to see the regional event Potomac Highlands. Uh, happening April 28th, 29th, and 30th at Cape and Springs, West Virginia. Uh, be sure to check that out. Sign up. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, there's going to be some of the best fling golfers in the world there uh, for some competition, for some fun, for some training, for some uh, play with the pros type of uh, events. Um, and you're going to get to enjoy the beauty and joy and nature at Cape and Springs. Uh, Jonathan Bellingham and staff are going to treat you just like family uh, because that's their setup and uh, it's going to be a great, great, great time. So be sure that you um, uh, go check that out, sign up um, and get ready to do that, um, particularly ahead of the Delaware tournament that'll be happening in May. So uh, lots of stuff going on, lots of things to do. Uh, so be sure to check that out and happy flinging.